Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I'm Trini Sharp. I'm your host for this evening. It's a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited about everything that God has been doing in our lives. In spite of what's happening in the world, God is still sovereign. God is still in control. And God is still in the blessing business. In the blessing business, in spite of what's happening, trust me and believe. He is still in the blessing business. He is still a provider. 2020, I still believe, is going to be our best year yet. We just have to remain focused. We have to um, look into the hills from which our help, our help comes from God. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged that with, in spite of what's happening, in spite of unemployment, in spite of police brutality, in spite of coronavirus, in spite of all of these things, they are, you know, they were allowed to happen to help build us and help get us in alignment with God. But we should not have our focus so much on these things that it causes us to be distracted, causes us to get off focus and get off the um, the focus of fulfilling our God-given purpose. So be encouraged tonight. That is not our message. That is not the topic for this evening, but I felt in my spirit to share that with you guys um, so that we can remain focused in this hour because God is doing some mighty things for us and through us. So it's, it's important that we remain focused. So last week, we talked about um, the topic of unqualified. We've been doing um, the unqualified series um, for the past month. And um, last week, we talked about obedience versus sacrifice, obedience versus sacrifice. And um, we're going to continue that tonight. I did part one last week, and it was just so much information, so much revelation that God had given me concerning this particular topic that he led for me to continue it tonight. And we're going to do a um, review of what we talked about last week. And then we're going to continue on uh, on tonight's podcast. Um, But first things first. Let's say a word of prayer and we can get right into it this evening. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you. I thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, Father, God, for being here in this place. God, I thank you, Father, God, for just allowing me, God, to be used, God, for your glory. God, allowing me, God, to be used, God, to speak on this platform, to bring forth encouragement, God, to bring forth empowerment, to bring forth the Father, God, um, insight and revelation concerning your word and concerning, God, your plans, God, for your people. Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, for just... Um, everything that you're doing, God, in spite of what's happening in this world, God, I thank you, God, for being faithful. God, I thank you, Father God, for being the Father God, a provider, a a protector, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for showing your divine favor, God, amongst us, Father. I thank you, God, for this word, God, that shall be the Father God share the father god through me god and holy spirit i thank you that you would take control god whatever your perfect will is god to take place throughout this podcast let it be done bless the people god that are watching bless the people that are listening father that they that their hearts be penetrated father god and they truly receive everything that you god wants to um say to them tonight father holy spirit have your way i thank you and i love you in jesus name amen All right, everybody, thank you again for those that are tuning in, um, that are watching, and for those that are uh, listening. Um, Again, last week, we talked about the topic of unqualified series, and it was the subtopic of obedience versus sacrifice, obedience versus sacrifice. And just to give you a review of some things that we've been talking about, first things first, um, a quick definition of unqualified is... Um, it means not fit. Give me one moment. 
So yes, it means um, not fit. And a lot of people are just like, okay, well, especially in natural, we tend to be unqualified in a lot of areas um, based off of um, society's, um, society's qualifications. But what we've learned in unqualified theories that there is nothing that can unqualify us in the spirit. Not our past, not our imperfections, not our speech impediments, not the fact that we might look a certain way, not the fact that we have a certain amount of education. Nothing, nothing can unqualify us in the spirit. Nothing can. And what we also learn is that the only person that qualifies us in the spirit is God himself. Is God himself. And so also what I wanted to um, review since we're talking about obedience versus sacrifice is that obedience, talking about the two definitions of what obedience and sacrifice means so we can get better clarification of what God is saying to us this evening. So obedience is again, is the trait of being willing to obey. The trait of being willing to obey or the state or quality of being obedient. And if we go deeper into what obedient means, it means submissive to the restraint or command of authority. Submissive to the restraint or command of authority, basically meaning willing to obey. He's talking about obedience means that you must be submissive. In order to be obedient to God, you must be sub submissive to God. Must be submissive. And another word for submissive is basically saying that you have to be willing to surrender have to be willing to surrender, basically giving God complete and utter control over your life. Not picking and choosing what you want him to be control over. No, saying, God, you are my father. You are my help. You are sovereign. God, I give you complete control over my life. Have your way in and through me. And sacrifice, sacrifice again means destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. Surrender um, is destruction or surrender of something for the sake of something else. And we talk about, hi, Laura, hi, um, um, Brother Kevin. So we talked about last week, um, we got more in detail, and I'm just giving a review of what um, we talked about last week. Um, and that sacrifice, the difference between obedience and sacrifice is that Obedience is saying that I'll surrender to God in spite of what I will get from it. But sacrifice is saying that I'm going to give up this to receive this. I'm going to give up my job so that I can receive a better job. I'm going to give up this relationship with um, faith and hopes that I will get the man or woman of God that God has designed especially, especially for me. So you're giving up sacrifices, you're giving up one thing for another. Obedience is saying, I'm giving up this regardless of whether or not I receive anything in return for it. Why? Because I trust you, Lord, and I love you. And we've because because of um because of the difference of obedience and sacrifice, God has said in his word that obedience is better than sacrifice. Specifically because obedience says that I don't need anything to be surrendered to you, Father. I don't need anything. But sacrifice says, okay, God, I'm going to give you this in return, give you that. And it doesn't, it doesn't downplay sacrifice because God does honor sacrifice. 
But obedience says, God, have your way through me. Whatever it is that you want, Father. If I don't get another dime today, if I don't receive another blessing, God, I trust you. And because you told me to do it, I'm going to do it. That's what God wants. And that's why it's greater. Because you're not expecting nothing in return. You're not expecting anything in return for it. And so um, also what we talked about last week, we did a couple of examples um, of, of, of obedience being better than sacrifice. And the two examples that we did um, last week was first, we went over Saul as king, as the king of Israel. And Saul, <laughs> oh, King Saul, he just is. He was just so arrogant and disobedient and lacked patience. He lacked patience. And the example that we used last week, um, for those that want to go over it, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13 through 29. And I read from the Message Bible. And it basically, an overview of it is that Sam, Saul, excuse me, was given specific instructions by God through his prophet Samuel telling him to that to take control and to destroy that Malachites to told him to destroy that Malachites so not just destroying the Malachites the people but destroying everything that belonged to them so their cattle all their animals destroying their all their goods but Saul took it upon himself to yes, destroy them, but he took some and allowed him and his men to take some of the possessions for themselves and then got rid of the rest. But that was not God's instructions for, uh, for Saul. God said, get rid of it all. And so we illustrate, I illustrated last week that it's important that when God gives us instructions that we don't pick and choose of what we want to um, take key to. It's important that we follow God's instructions specifically. Because when we alter it, it's still called disobedience. Just because you do partial, partial of God's instructions or pick or you um, do somewhat of it does not mean you are being obedient. That's still being disobedient to God. Because whatever God tells you to do is meant for you to follow it to the T. And it's not meant just because you don't understand it, just because you don't follow it, just because you it's like, okay, well, all right, God, I'm going to follow it, but I'm just going to turn this thing around and, you know, I'm just going to try to change it myself. No, that's not at all what God is telling us to do. So it was important for us to follow God's instructions exactly how he has told us to do it. And trust me, I need to take. <laughs> I need to take a heed to that sermon as well. So me, by me saying it, I'm not coming at anybody because I'm learning it as well. It's it, trust me, it's not easy, especially when you suffer or you lack patience. It's not easy, um, which we're going to learn later on uh, tonight as well. The other um, example that I went over was the children of Israel. The children of Israel. Um, it was another example of why obedience is uh, better than sacrifice. And what the example that I used was in Exodus chapter 32, Exodus 32, verse 1 through 14. 
and that was in the Amplified Version. And to give you an overview of this passage, this was during the time that after the children of Israel were freed out of the land of Egypt, and Moses was um, the leader that got appointed to be over the children of Israel. And God had appointed Moses to go up into um, the mountain to receive instructions for the children of Israel of what was next and what was expected of them moving forward once they, because they were on their way. They were on their way to their promised land. So God is saying, okay, you're on your way to your promised land. So I must give you specific instructions and give you rules and regulations and what's expected of you. But while Moses is up there, the people, the children of Israel were impatient, impatient. And they were waiting. It was like, we don't know what's um, coming of Moses. We're waiting for him and he's taking too long. And so Aaron, who was the high priest during that time, Aaron was Moses' brother. Um, he, he was left to, to, um, to be the person that watched, watched over the children Israel of Israel while Moses was away and they influenced Aaron. They was like, come on, let's make another guy because we don't know what's happening with Moses. And they started and Aaron allowed them to make, um, a graven image out of gold and out of all the, the gold jewelry and, and all of the things and they knew that part. They might have not known everything that they weren't supposed to do, but they knew they were not supposed to put any gods before God, the most whole, the must, excuse me, the most high God. They knew that. And Aaron, the high priest, definitely knew that. But he allowed them to do it because of the pressure of pleasing people. That's another side note. The pressure of trying to please people instead of pleasing God. So, the children, because the children of Israel were disobedient, what would have taken 40 days took 40 years. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. When they could have get, reached their promised land, um... They could have reached their promised land in 40 days, but it took them 40 years because they lacked patience and because they were disobedient to God's perfect will. So that was in Exodus 32, verse 1 through 14. So tonight we're going to continue on with this uh, series, Obedient versus Sacrifice. And I do want to share with you one more, um, one more example of obedience being better than sacrifice. And just to put a plug in, if you did not see last week's podcast, if you didn't see last week's podcast, please, um, you can go on my Facebook page, Imperfectly Perfect um incorporated i am imperfectly perfect incorporated and last week podcast is on there and also you can go on apple podcast google podcast spotify radio public anchor um there's a few others that you can go on whichever you choose and you can listen to it on there as well so tonight we are talking we're continuing on with the examples of obedience being better than sacrifice so the example that i want to talk about tonight is jesus Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the greatest example for any and everything. Um, but specifically um, concerning obedience being better than sacrifice, Jesus was a great, the greatest example of, of reaping benefits based off of your obedience to God. Based off your obedience to God. So we're going to go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 through 10, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version. 
for those that have your Bibles or your Bible apps, please go with me to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1 through 10, Amplified Version. And it says, I said, the perfect high priest. It says, for every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men and things relating to God so that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with the spiritual, spiritually ignorant and misguided, since he is also subject to hum human weakness. And because of this human weakness, he is required to offer sacrifices for sins, for himself as well as for the people. And besides, one does not appropriate for himself the honor of being high priest, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So too, Christ did not glorify himself so as to be made a high priest, but he was exalted and appointed by the one who said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten, fathered you, declared your authority and rule over the nations, my God. Just as he also says in another place, you are a priest appointed forever according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he needed with fervent crying and tears to the one who was always able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. There goes that word submission toward God, his sinlessness and his unfailing determination to do the father's will. Although he was a son who had never been disobedient to the father, he learned active, special obedience through what he suffered. Verse 9, and having been made perfect, uniquely equipped and prepared as savior and retaining his integrity amid opposition, he became the source of eternal salvation and eternal inheritance to all those who, who obey him. Being designated by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So just to go back and review over what we just read. Is that Jesus is the greatest um, showing that first and foremost. Talking about how Jesus was appointed by God. Jesus was appointed by God because what we learned been learning in a qualified series. As the person, the only one that qualifies us in the spirit is God himself. So. Cyborg, we can't appoint ourselves. We can't say, oh, okay, I'm a prophet and just go out here and, okay, call yourself a prophet if God did not appoint you to that office. We can't go out here and say, oh, I'm a pastor and God did not appoint you to that office. You can't sit up here and try to ordain yourself. Try, you can't go out here and try to anoint yourself. No, the anointing comes from the power of, of the Holy Spirit. So if you are out here self-appointing yourself, you are in error. You are in error. You cannot. No, it comes from God. It comes from God. And God, and it comes through like, you know, it comes through a testing and a trial that God appoints you for a certain, um, everybody has specific purpose. And God appoints you and anoints each and every person for that purpose. And that's, that's Jesus was appointed by God for to be used by him to die on the cross for our sins. That was God, that was Jesus main purpose. 
Yes, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He did all miracle signs and wonders. But why Jesus Christ was sent here on earth was to save my God, to save us from eternal damnation and give us the opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior so that we can have eternal life. This is what that is why Jesus Christ was sent. That was Jesus purpose. And so furthermore, it was it also um, clarified about how Jesus was obedient to God. And even through his sufferings, Jesus still was obedient in spite of what Jesus had to endure, in spite of people talking about him, in spite of about people chastising him, in spite of, in spite of um, the bruises that he had to endure, in spite of him having to be hung on the cross, Jesus was still obedient. Yes, he was tested and tried, but he still was obedient. Why? Because he loved God and he knew he knew what his purpose was. He knew who he was in, in God. He knew why God sent him. And in spite of what he had to endure, he said, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. Why? Because I love you, God, and I will follow your commands. And because, because Jesus followed and was obedient to God, Guess where Jesus is now? He is alive and well. And he is seated on the right hand of the Father. Jesus is seated. He has a seat on the right hand of the Father. Why? Because he was obedient. That's, listen. And that's, that's where our focus needs to be. Our focus should not be about receiving. Yes, it's good to receive cars. Yes, it's good to receive money. Yes, it's good to have want, have the desire to have the spouse that God has for you. That is wonderful and that is great. But our focus needs to not be on the things on earth. Our focus needs to be on where our reward in heaven. Why? Because this earth is not our permanent home. Those who are saved and that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is not our home. This is temporary. Everything that we receive on earth is temporary. But when we, when we leave this earth and this time on earth is over, we will live in heaven eternally. And we will reap the rewards for everything. Everything we do on earth. It's to, it's to benefit and reap the rewards in heaven. That should be our focus. But we, we have a tendency, and I can have a test for myself. We have a tendency to get so wrapped up into the things that happens on this earth that we forget that this is not our home. We forget that we will not live here forever. So it's important that we refocus our minds and realize that we are in the last days. And that the time that we are wasting, we cannot get back. The time that we are wasting running, playing games, the time that we are wasting not fulfilling God's purpose, we cannot get that time back. We can't get it back. And so it's important that we re Focus our minds, get our minds focused on God and see what it is that he desires to do through us. And if you have wasted time, okay, God is a forgiving God. All you have to do is repent unto repent of God the Father and say, Lord, forgive me of my wrongdoings. Forgive me, God, for turning my back on you. Forgive me, Father, for taking so long to be obedient. And when you do that, 
he will forgive you. And trust me, I am a living witness that when you truly surrender your life to God and say, Lord, here I am. I know I wasted time. I know I was been running and trying to run away from the call, the calling that you have created me for. When you truly are for real, for real about God's business, about God's kingdom business, trust me, it will not take long and God will restore the years. My God, God will restore the years and he will restore your identity. Trust me. I know I was running from my calling for 13 years, 13 years. I was running from it. Once I found out what I was called to do. And as soon as I was finally done with running away from God and I completely surrendered myself unto God, God restored the years. And that was what? Three years ago. And God has been doing mighty things through and for me because I said, God, I surrender and I repented. And I was in. That's another thing about repentance is when you repent, you have to. Repentance is not saying, okay, I repent today. With the intentions of messing up tomorrow. No. When you repent. It say Lord I repent. And I'm turning from my wicked ways. I'm turning from my bad habits. I'm turning from having the, this old mindset. God refocus my mind. Renew my mind father. So that I can follow you. So that I can truly do the things of God. The right way. And you have the intentions of not messing up. It's not saying that you won't fall short of God's glory. Because the word of God says in Romans 3.23. We all fall short of the glory of God. We still are in our fleshly bodies. So therefore we still will sin. But it's a difference between having the intentions to sin. And falling into sin. Having intentions of sin is saying that I'm. I listen. I'm about to send this text because I already know what it is. Send this text to this to the ex that I'm supposed to be in left a long time ago and have no dealings with them. But because I have needs, so let me go out here and be disobedient to God, even though I'm no, I'm not supposed to have sex before marriage. That's an intentions. So you have to be careful and saying, oh, oh, God knows my heart. Yeah, he knows your heart. He sees that you had an intention on sinning and to being disobedient to him. That's not what knowing, your, knowing God, knowing your heart is. He sees your heart and he's like, oh, I see that you intended on disobeying me. So remember, when you repent unto God. Have the attention on truly following his word, truly following his way. Say, God, I live for you. God, I live for you. I live for you and I would die for you. Yes, it's that deep. People are like, oh, is it that deep? Yes, it's that deep and it's that serious. God, I will live for you and God, I will die for you. That's the mindset. Why? Because God, well, guess what? Jesus lived for us and Jesus died for us. So if Jesus lived for us and he died for us, the same is suspected from us. God, I will live for you. God, I will die for you. So it's both physically. So say, hey, God forbid, if it came down to it and your life had to be taken away, if you were in the will of God, then you have to be willing. And also, it's also talking about killing your flesh spiritually. 
because when you are surrendered to God, you your flesh, you're dying to your flesh every single day. It's a fight every single day for your flesh to be to be killed and to be surrendered to God. It's a daily fight. Because your flesh want to do what it want to do. That's just the reality of the matter. But when you surrender to God, you are focused on him and say, Lord, listen, I want to cheat on this diet, but my health is more important. And I know, God, you have caused for me to go along this path so that I can live a healthy life, so that I can live a life more abundantly. So thinking about all aspects of your life is important. God wants the best for us. He not He's not telling us to do things to to um for us to be upset or telling us to do things for just for the sake of it. No, He's telling us to do things for the betterment of our lives and for the advancement of the kingdom of God to help advance the kingdom of God. This is why we have to get our minds focused on heavenly things. And off of earthly things. Again, it's okay to enjoy earthly things, but not to the point that we get off focus to the point that we forget that this is not our home. People of God, this is not our temp this is not our permanent home. We are here temporarily, and everything everything we do here on earth will be accounted for in heaven. When we stand before our Savior, on Judgment Day, everything we do here on earth will be accounted for in heaven. So that was our example, uh, our last example. Three examples I had, again, examples of, of obedience being better than sacrifice. Number one was Saul as king of Israel. Number two was the children of Israel. And number three is was Jesus. And Jesus' obedience to God made room for him to be the ultimate sacrifice. Without Jesus obeying God, he could not save our lives. Without Jesus obeying God, he could not save our lives. So this is another reason why obedience is greater than sacrifice. Because in order for us to sacrifice or even understand or, what to, or, or know what to sacrifice, we have to be obedient to God. Because there are times where God won't give you um, all of the instructions at once. He'll say, okay, pray. You have to be obedient to pray. And then once you go into prayer, God will begin to download unto you the instructions. Download unto you the things that he wants you to give up. That's why obedience is greater than sacrifice. Because you have to be obedient in order to know what to sacrifice. And again, obedience is God, I'll give it to you, not expecting nothing in return. Sacrifice is saying, God, I'm giving you this with prayer and hopes that I'm going to get something else to replace it. So let's continue on. The key to getting past the feeling of um, being unqualified and being obedient to God is understanding your purpose. Again, the key to getting past the feeling of feeling unqualified and actually being obedient to God is understanding your purpose. Understand who God created you to be. 
When you recognize who you are in God, it will supersede your insecurities. You will walk with a knowing that if God be for me, then who can be against me? When you understand your purpose and when you understand why, why God created you the way he did, it is a, it's a different kind of confidence. It's a different kind of boldness that you have. And it's not an arrogance. Arrogance is something completely different. That's that's a fleshly air about yourself. But no, when you walk into to the godly confidence and knowing this is what God created me, you know, I'm going to trust God. God is moving through me. God is cultivating the gifts in me. And you begin to walk in the authority that God has given you when you have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's important that you know your purpose and it's important that you also, once you know your purpose, to allow God to direct you to a, a specific church home. Because at your church home, a lot of people say, oh, well, God, the, God is everywhere. We don't have to go into the building. That's very true. We've definitely learned that, especially during these pandemic times, that we, the people, we are the church. We are the church, right? So we don't have to be confined with buildings, but it's important that you have a church home. Why? Because you have or have leadership and you have pastors and leaders that are over you that will help direct you, help, you know, um, help you discover what your purpose is, help you discover some things that you may not have known that God had created you for. And then once you find it out, they can teach you. Teach you how to follow. Teach you how to walk in that gifting. Teach you how to be used for God's glory. But if you out here and you you learn what your purpose is and you trying to self-teach yourself, no. Because the best way to learn is, is first and foremost through God. But then God uses people because there are our leaders and our pastors have went through the fire. A lot of them have already walked the talk and they've already talked the talk. So it's important to learn from somebody else's experience. And not get so wrapped up in yourself that, oh, okay, well, just because Google out here, just because, you know, Siri out here, that I can just Google, oh, how to be a prophet, oh, how to be a pastor, and expect, no, listen. But just because you try to teach yourself naturally how to do it, if you're not anointed by God, you're not going to have the blessing of the Holy Spirit. You're just out here by yourself all natural and wrong. So it's important that you get coverings, important that you get instructions and allow yourself to be in the company because certain churches are able to provide with you certain information. Um, I can attest for this. Just my personal testimony that I grew up at Victory Christian Center. Um, and giving honor to Apostle Jamie Ellis III. Love him dearly. And while I was at Victory, Victory is a leadership church. For those that go to Victory Christian Center, you know that Victory is a leadership church. Victory is a teaching church. So a lot of things I learned from Victory about leadership, about teaching the word of God, about knowing the word of God. I learned that. I learned that at Victory. But once my time was up and God um, had called for me to transition to the River Church, there are things that I've been learning at the River Church concerning the prophetic gift and not taking anything from Victory because I honor the man of God there. 
but I've been learning and God has been cultivating the prophetic gift in me while I have been at the River Church under my pastors, Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy Williams. And in other giftings that I didn't even realize that I had have been cultivated with the shift of me switching leadership. So it's important that you go to the right church because and have are under the right leadership. Because there are seasons that God has you and you might need to learn this. You might need to learn that. And this season is certain things that God is trying to do through you. And it's important that you have the right leadership. Um, that was a sidebar, but continue on. So it's important that you know your purpose. Important that you know your purpose in order for you to even um, be able to be obedient to God. And know what you're being obedient to. And then also having, um, getting rid of the feeling of being unqualified. So what I want to um, go over now is uh, to be obedient to God. It will require three things that it will require in order for us to be obedient to God. Three things. Number one, I want to start with is patience. In order to be obedient to God, it will require patience. Lord have mercy. That patience word, child. Be careful what you ask for because trust me, I ask for patience. And God, when you ask for things, God will test you. And he will, when you ask for it, he's going to test you on it. He's going to test your patience. You ask for patience in order for you to know how to be patient. You got to be testing. You got to be given some things to be patient for. You ask for patience. Oh, he's like, okay, you've been waiting for that job. But now, okay, I'm going to test you and see if you're going to wait. Or if you want to try to take matters in your own hands because you don't want to wait. God's going to test you on it. What does patience mean? The ability to wait or to continue doing something despite difficulties or to suffer without complaining or being annoyed. <laughs> My God. The ability to wait, Jesus, and to continue doing something despite the difficulties that may come, and to suffer without complaining or becoming annoyed. So you not only have to wait, you have to wait in spite of what happens, in spite of the circumstances, and you have to do it without complaining. Wow, that right there in itself. I know a lot of us have struggled with that. God, you want me to wait? And I can't complain? <laughs> listen, I listen, I understand. I know it's hard because you're like, oh my gosh, how long is it going to take? Oh Lord, I'm hungry. Oh Lord, I'm tired. Oh Lord, I'm this, I'm that. <sighs> Jesus. It's. It's definitely a test. It's definitely a test. But it's important that we do it. It's important that we do it. And again, in order to be obedient to God, it's going to require patience. Listen, yes, sis, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me to be patient. Help me. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So the example I want to go into again, using King Saul, Lord Jesus. 
King Soul, I used him last week, but in this context that we about to go into, King Soul, once again, showing his impatience. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 8 through 9. And then we're going to go uh, to 1 Samuel 13, verse, 4, verse 5 through 14, the Message Bible. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 8 through 9, the Message Bible. And to give you an overview of this passage is that during this time, the, um, the children of Israel were uh, looking uh, to have a self-appointed king. They were looking for a king and they, they were looking for a king. And so they were like, come on, we need a king. And so um, Samuel, the prophet, he, he sought God and then he ended up appointing Saul to be the king over Israel. And so during this time, um, after the prophet Samuel had appointed, was used by God, because God was the only person that appoints us, excuse me for that. Um, he's used by God to anoint Saul as king over the king, uh, over Israel. And so that you can receive confirmation, uh, Samuel has said that there were going to be three things that's going to happen. There's going to be three things that happen to confirm that he is actually a prophet for God, prophet of God, and that this was God's doing. And so um, also Samuel gave Saul specific instructions that were given by God that he was to adhere to, that he was to adhere to. And so that's where we're going in First uh, Samuel chapter 10, verse 8 through 9 in the Message Bible. It says, now go, now go down to Gilgal and I will follow. I'll come down and join you in worship by sacrificing burnt offerings and peace offerings. Wait seven days. Then I'll come and tell you what to do next. Verse 9 says, Saul turned and, Sam and left Samuel. At that very moment, God transformed him, made him a new person. And all the confirming signs took place the same day. So Saul was given specific instructions by the prophet Samuel by way of the Holy Spirit. Later on, so now we're going to go to 1 Samuel 13, just so you know about these instructions. 1 Samuel 13, verse 5 through 14, again, Message Bible. So Samuel, Saul was given specific instructions. And you want to see and hear this passage, how he was disobedient to those instructions. So 1 Samuel 13, verse 5, starting in, uh, in the Message Bible, it says, The Philistines rallied their forces to fight Israel. Three companies of chariots, six companies of cavalry, and so many infantry, they looked like sand on the seashore. They went up into the hills and set up camp at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the Israelites saw that they were, were way outnumbered and in deep trouble they ran for cover hiding in caves and pits ravines and brambles and cisterns wherever they retreated across the jordan river refugees fleeing to the country of gad and gilead but saul held his ground in gilgal his soldiers stood with him but scared to death my god he waited seven days the time set by samuel so you already know that these were the instructions, right? So again, reading the eight, verse 8, it says, Samuel failed to show up to, at Gilgal, and the soldiers were slipping away right and left. 
Verse 9 says, So Saul took charge. Bring me the burnt offering and peace offerings. He went ahead and sacrificed the burnt offering. No sooner had he had done it, then Samuel showed up. Saul greeted him. Samuel said, What on earth are you doing? Saul answered, When I saw I was losing my army from under me, and that you hadn't come when you said you would, and that the Philistines were poised at Michmash, I said, The Philistines are about to come down on me in Gilgal, and I haven't yet come before God asking for his help. So I took things into my own hands and sacrificed the burnt offering. Verse 13 says, That was a full thing to do, Samuel said to Saul. If you had kept the appointment that your God commanded, by now God would have set a firm and lasting foundation under your kingly rule over Israel. As it is, your kingly rule is already falling to pieces. God is out looking for your replacement right now. This time he'll do the choosing. When he finds him, he'll appoint him leader of his people. And all because you didn't keep your appointment with God. Wow. So again, the instructions that was given to King Saul by God through the prophet Samuel was to wait for Samuel to get to Gilgal. Wait seven days. Wait for him to get to Gilgal. And then they will make sacrifices. They will make burnt offerings and sacrifices. Right? Saul waited seven days. And because Samuel did not get to Gilgal when Saul expected him to get there, he took matters in his own hands. And it, listen, just think about in the natural, say, all right, when you was a kid and your mom was like, all right, we're going to have dinner at seven. <laughs> and it might be 7.05 and you might, the food might still be cooking. And you're like, oh my gosh, she said I was supposed to eat at 7. Are you hungry, right? So just because, just because it didn't happen exactly at the time that you thought was going to happen, does not mean that God is not still coming through. And God is testing our patience. Because, listen, it said to wait 7 days. But he didn't give him a specific, oh my gosh, he didn't say a specific time. He said, wait seven days. So even if, oh my gosh, when I was studying today, I said, wow, God, okay. So even if you was waiting seven days, and if it takes eight or nine or ten, God still wait, told you to wait seven days. So even if you had to wait longer, okay, God's still going to come through. And when that happened... Because it didn't happen when, you know, um, after the seven days, Saul was like, I'm going to take matters in my own hands. And as soon as he disobeyed God, here comes the prophet Samuel. Here comes the prophet Samuel right after he disobeyed God. And God is like, are you kidding me? I said, wait seven days. And as soon as it just, it probably was the seventh day and it hit midnight. And Saul is like, oh, he ain't here now. So let me just take matters in my own hands. The day ain't even over yet. And Saul want to be out here being disobedient, making sacrifices in his own rights. And God is like, are you serious? 
The day not over yet. And as soon as he disobeyed God, here comes the prophet Samuel. So you see how, my God, patience is important when it comes to be on being in with to God. It's important that we have to be patient because there are going to be times that, you know, God, listen, God can do whatever he want to do. If you say, all right, wait seven days and you say, all right, it's going to take a little longer. And then this is going to happen um, uh, maybe a week later. Then so be it. Why? Because there are some things that God could be protecting you from. It's some things that God could, could still be working and turning around in your favor. And if you're impatient, you say, well, God, you said seven days. So what's up? And you questioning God. No, who are we to question God and his plans? No, he's sovereign. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He runs this. God runs all of this. Not us. He's the creator. So who are we to question God's, God's uh, plans? So if it takes a certain amount of time, allow God to do what he does. Why? Because, listen, that's his prerogative. And Bobby Brown, <laughs> Lord have mercy, that's his prerogative. That's God's business. In the words of Tabitha Brown, I've been watching her, yeah. That's God's business. So we have to be obedient and it's going to take patience because listen, God is going to change some things. He going, he probably going to flip the script and we're not going to understand it, but we have to trust that he knows what's best, that God knows what's best. So next, next thing that it's going to require in order to be repeat, um, not repeated in order for us to be obedient to God. Again, number one, it's going to require patience. Number two, it's going to require resilience. It's going to require resilience. Resilience means the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Excuse me. It's the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And it's simply, it means toughness. So it, it's important that we have resilience because when things come, when circumstances arise, it's important that we, that we snap back. That, all right, this, this little, no, this little blow right here, we're in the ring, this little blow right here, but it's important that you don't give up. It's important that you remain steadfast and immovable in God. Because when things arise, it's important that you stand on God's promises, stand on God's words, because why? God's promises is yes and amen. And whatever God says, he's not a man that he can ever lie. So just because it's not happening when you expected it to happen, just because it's not, you know, it's, it, it seems like nothing is working out in your favor. Trust me, God did not forget what he said would come to pass. God would not forget it. Listen, I said earlier in the beginning of this podcast, yes. We're in 2020 and listen, I can attest for myself. God has promised me some things that will take place in 2020. And a lot of things has taken place this year with the coronavirus and police brutality and just unemployment, people losing their jobs and we living in a new normal. It's so many things that's happening, but it's important that we don't lose focus. It's important that we don't lose um, sight of what God is doing. Because guess what? 2020 is not over. 
And it's important that we don't lose sight of that because if we get our focus off of what God is doing and we start taking matters in our own hands, we will cause the delay. We don't want to be like the children of Israel. What could have taken, taken 40 days ends up taking 40 years because of our impatience. Because we, we don't understand how to have, be resilient and how to recover from difficulties when they arise. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like King Saul when, when we get specific instructions because it doesn't happen when we want it to happen because we don't get the spouse when we, when we wanted to get the spouse because we don't um, um, get the job when we want to get the job because we don't get the house when we want to get the house because we don't get the healing when we desire to get it. Listen, God did not forget. God didn't forget us. And I want to encourage you tonight. That God did not forget us. And I know, I know it's not easy. Trust me, I'm believing God to do some things myself. And it's important that we don't lose sight on that. It's important that we don't lose sight that God is faithful. And it's important that just because you may not receive that specific promise, look at the progress. It's a process. Listen, it is a process. It's the process. And there's things that God is doing. Look at certain things that God is doing in your life. And he's showing you that just because it didn't come full, the, um, the promise is not fully manifested. Look at the things that God is doing. He's saying, okay, I'm going to bless you with the job. And look at how he's, he's ordering your steps and how he's sustaining you, how he's providing for you. He's protecting you. He's keeping you. He's preparing you. He's downloading into you fresh um, insights and revelations. He's downloading you different projects. He's giving you fresh wisdom, preparing you to get your finances in order. God is still doing the work just because it's not fully manifested does not mean that God is not going to fulfill his promise. And it's important that we focus on God because some things, specific things that God desires to do in this season. And there's a reason why you may not be working right now because he's desiring to prepare you. And if, at the time and the moment that you get on that job, you won't have the luxury of the time. We have nothing but time right now. So God is saying, take advantage of the time that I'm giving you. So that when I do manifest and I do open the door for you, you will be fully prepared and equipped for that, for that position. My God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Take the time that God is giving you so that you'll be fully prepared, my God, and be ready when he gives you that, that position. It's important that we focus on God's doing and not our, not our doing. Trust me, God is working it out. God is working it out. If you don't get nothing else from tonight's podcast, God is working it out and he is working it out to work in our favor. But we have to trust him. We have to believe. We have to remain steadfast and immovable. Trust in him. Trust in him. Trust in God. He's faithful. God is faithful. 
He is faithful. Jesus, hallelujah. So again, resilience. Number two is what's required for us in order to be obedient to God. Let's go to Romans chapter five, verse one through five. And I'm reading from the Message Bible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 5, 1 through 5, reading from the Message Bible, it says, Developing patience by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us. Set us right with him. Make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. Wow. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand. Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. Standing tall and shouting our praise. There's more time to come. There's more to come, excuse me. We continue to shout our praise even when we we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered still of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. My God, in alert expectancy such as this, we're never left feeling short shortchanged. Quite the contrary, we can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Wow. So we're saying again, that it's important that we have patience so that we are alert. So that we are alert about the things that God is doing. When we are so focused on what's not happening, we lose sight of what God, what is happening in the spirit realm. Because in order for it to be done in the natural, it must first be done in the spirit. In order, and my apostle Jimmy Ellis said this on Sunday, he said, the spiritual comes before the natural. The spiritual comes for the natural. So if we don't see it happening in the natural, it does not mean that God is not turning things around for us to happen in the spirit realm so that it can be manifested in the natural. My God. So we can't see, we can't keep looking at things naturally through our eyes. We have to look at it spiritually. So my prayer is that we, that God will cause us to see things spiritually, help us to see things more clearly so that when circumstances arise and, and it seems like um, our back is against the wall, that we don't look at it as, as a way of, okay, God is not falling through, coming through for us. Opposition is going to come. Hey, glory. Opposition is going to come. But when it comes, my God, it's important that we remain steadfast and immovable and trust that God would ask God for strength, that God would strengthen us where we are weak. So in moments where we want, where we want to throw in a tie, in moments when we want to give up, in moments when we say, Lord, forget all of this. I don't want to do this no more. In moments when the enemy tries to tempt us, just like he did Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus began to speak the word. Jesus began to speak back the word. The word began to speak the word. My God, that's powerful in itself. 
Use the word of God. Say, gee, oh my gosh. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I am the head and not the tail. God has created me to be a lender and not a borrower. Jesus said that by his stripes, I am healed. Start speaking the word. Don't allow yourself to be so, so timid. We not punks. Listen, if you wasn't a punk in the natural, why are you the punk in the spirit? The enemy coming for you and he's trying to get you down, trying to get you to forfeit your birthright. And you sitting up here letting it just taking blow for blow. No, stand. Because when you stand, listen, you can't be moved. You can't be shaken. You can't be broken. You got to have a stance. Get in your position and stand. Know what God created you for. That's why it's, again, important to know what your purpose is. Know who you are in God and know who God is in you. Use the word of God. Put on the full armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Use the sword of the spirit. Have the belt of truth. My God, use it. Put on the full armor of God. Glory God. So it's important that we were resilient. Not allowing have toughness. Have toughness. God, I, my prayer is that we begin to have toughness, begin to be bold, begin to be bold for Christ. Listen, be talking about this next generation is rising up and talking about the things that they're doing out in the world. Listen, I, the ones, the ones that are not a part of Generation Z, we need to be praying. And I'm not condoning nothing that they, that they have done and they're doing now. But it's something special about their generation that they're not afraid to fight for what they believe in. They're not afraid to fight for what they believe in. And that is what God wants. That is what God wants for us in this season. That we are not afraid to fight for who we believe in. We're not afraid to fight for Christ. We're not afraid to fight for the promises that God has said he's going to give us. We're not afraid to fight for it. We're not going to sit around here like some punks and just because, you know, certain circumstances come, we're like, all right, we give up. You know, we just give in. No, don't give up. And if you feel like you're weak, look unto God and ask God to strengthen you where you're weak. He said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So we don't have to try, try to depend on ourselves. No. That's why we have God, our Father, stand. When all else fails, stand. When all else fails, stand. Know what God said. And when the enemy tries to tell you that it's not going to happen, go back to that prophetic word that you may have received. Go back to what God told you is going to happen. And you start speaking that word. Say, I know God said I'm going to have a salary of a, a X amount of dollars. I know God said he's going to heal my body. I know say, God said he's going to deliver my family. I know God said that my family is going to be saved, free and delivered. I know what God said. And when the enemy tells you opposite of that, you go back to that word and you start speaking that thing into existence. Speaking to the atmosphere. Don't you dare. Don't you dare be timid. Don't you dare. Because the word of God says be courageous. Joshua 1 verse 9. Be courageous. 
This ain't no time in these last days for us to be sitting around here just being timid. No, we got to be strong. We got to be resilient. When circumstances come, we got to be Listen, ready to fight in the spirit realm, using our heavenly language to fight, using the power of prayer and intercession that when, when circumstances arise, no, we fighting in the spirit realm, listen, and be able to discern, to be able to discern what's happening in the spirit. When certain things are happening in the natural and it's starting to get your mind off focus, starting to get you off of the uh, focus, off of the things of God, listen, you start saying, wait a minute, I'm all focused there. What's happening? And realize, realize that if it's happening and keeps happening, and I encourage you, this is a little plug in, watch um, Apostle Jimmy Ellis, the word of God that was at Victory Christian Center on Sunday. That was powerful because when opposition comes and when it keeps happening, when it keeps happening, that means that it's, a spir it's spiritual. It's spiritual. And that's when you have to put on your full, never take it off, but make sure you keep the full armor of God so that you're ready and that you have the word of God branded on your heart and you're not allowing yourself to be timid, allow, not allowing yourself to be shaken. My God, hallelujah. Other scripture I'm going to go to is Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 39, the Amplified Version. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 39, Amplified Version. And it says, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up difficult circumstances without compromising. So that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. Verse 37 says, for yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back. Shrinking in fear, my soul has no delight in him. Verse 39, but our way is not that of those who shrink back to destruction, but we are of those who believe, relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by this confident faith, preserve the soul, my God. So in this passage, it's talking about how our patient endurance, talking about being able to, to stand even when difficulties arise, being able to stand. And when we do that, my God, when we are obedient and we carry out the will of God, it says in verse 30, 36 again, it says, so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy to the full what is promised. So when we have patience, when we have resilience and when we stand, even though circumstances arise and God sees us being obedient, God, oh my gosh, you talking about the favor 
of God that is on our lives, when God sees us standing, when God sees us not complaining while we're waiting, when God sees us being resilient, when God sees the toughness and that God, regardless of what's happening, I'm not going to allow it to, for me to turn my back on you, God. I'm not going to be like the children of Israel and start building graven images and start worshiping idols because I don't see you working on my behalf when I desire for it to happen. Lord God, I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm going to remain loyal. God, it requires loyalty. You know how we require for people to be loyal through our friendships, through our relationships, and that requires, we require loyalty. God requires for us to be loyal. He wants to see that regardless of what happens in our lives, are we going to remain obedient to him? Are we going to remain surrendered? Are we going to remain erabasia? Are we going to remain or are we going to allow ourselves to be influenced by what's happening because it doesn't happen and happen when we want it to happen? Are we going to remain loyal? And this is why sometimes God allows things to take a little bit more time to see if we're going to trust them. Oh my God, to see if we're going to still stand. Even if it didn't just like was saw, even if it don't happen in seven days are we still going to stand are we still going to stay or are we going to start trying to take matters in our own hands because huh we don't want to wait hmm think on that hallelujah last point glory be to god last point Again, to be obedient to God, it will require, number one, patience. Number two, it will require resilience. Number three, it will require temperance. It will require temperance. What does temperance mean? Restraint. A control over the expression of one's emotions or thoughts. Restraint. A control over expression of one's emotions or thoughts. My God. This is so important, my God, because it's even reflecting on the recent, and it's not, well, the recent, yeah, but it's, it's been happening. The recent circumstances with police brutality and racial injustice and just thinking of how different people have been reacting based on what's happening. And trust me, a lot of the things that's happened and their reaction does not strictly off of one circumstance it was a build-up it was a build-up build-up and i'm not condoning it but when things build up and you don't address how you feel based off of certain circumstances and you allowed to build up you're going to snap you're going to snap so it's important that's the sidebar important that we address how we feel when certain circumstances arise and if you feel in some type of way go to god and say lord I'm disappointed, Lord. I feel abandoned, Lord. I feel rejected. Go to God. And when you go to him, he'll heal your heart. He'll give you the comfort. He'll give you the love that you need. But if you just act like everything good and it's not, and then something else happens, it will trigger you to snap. So it's important that we have restraint. In order to have restraint, we have to be surrendered to God. We have to have a daily prayer life. So when circumstances arise, we're not, we not reacting. We're not um, allowing anger to arise. We're not allowing our mouth to start using profanity 
because we upset and somebody do us wrong. No, have restraint, have self-control, have temperance. So the scripture last, no, not the last, last scripture, but the scripture I want to go to for this is 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 through 27. And I'm reading from the New International Version. New International Version. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, NIV. The need for self-discipline. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. 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 There we go. <laughs> I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No. I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, my God, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. My God. And the revelation I'm going to share with you concerning this passage, because I was like, okay, God, we're talking about unqualified series. And I've already explained um, to you guys that, you know, it's nothing that we can do that can cause us to be unqualified to uh, unqualified by God. And so then when I read this passage and again in verse 27, talking about that, okay, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified for the prize. And I was like, okay, God, if I told them that there's nothing that we can do can make us unqualified, then why in this passage is he saying, I don't want to do anything that's going to disqualify me from the prize. So I began to do research and say, okay, what's the difference between unqualified and disqualified? And this blew my mind because I was like, okay, God, you dope. Like my sister said earlier, you dope. <laughs> Shout out to Kat. Um, so unqualified, I said simply earlier, it's not fit. But to go a little bit deeper, it says, not having the skills or knowledge needed to do a task. Unqualified is not having the skills or knowledge needed to do a task. So when we talked about unqualified earlier, we said there's nothing that we can do that can unqualify us. God is saying, listen, that's because God said we don't have to have the skills. We don't have to have the knowledge. Moses had a speech impediment. But yet God still used him to free the people of Israel. Abraham was a liar. But yet he still used him to be the father over of our many nations. So we all fall short of God's glory. We all have imperfections. So God is saying, yeah. It's nothing that you can do. Your past is not going to unqualify you. You don't have to have those skills. Why? Because God is going to qualify us. God is going to train us. God is going to equip us. So there's nothing that we can come with that would make us unqualified. But this is the kicker. What does disqualify mean? Taking away from someone the right to do or be a part of something. Taking away from someone 
the right to do or be a part of something, my God. So in other words, there's nothing you can do that will unqualify you spiritually, but you can be disqualified based off of your disobedience. So, huh, just like using that example with King Saul earlier, right? It was nothing that Saul could have had done to unqualify him to be uh, qualified for a king. But because he was disobedient to God and did not follow God's instructions, he was disqualified to be king. It was taken, the kingship was taken away from Saul because he was disobedient. My God, that right there blew my mind. So it's nothing that we can't do to be unqualified. But if we do not follow the instructions of God and we are not obedient with his instructions, if we do not follow and allow him to order our steps and, and allow him to be control over us. And if we try to take matters in our own hands, we can cause ourselves to be disqualified. We can cause our birthrights to be taken. We can cause ourselves to be disqualified. Because we don't want to follow instructions because we are impatient. So it's important. It's important that we follow God so that we do not be disqualified. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to be out here being disqualified. I'm not. No. I know it's not easy. But it is way better to be obedient to God than trying to do things in your own way. Trying to do things your way. It's so much better. And trust me, the rewards that you would receive, the rewards you will receive because of your obedience is greater than what you receive when you try to do things your own way. I don't know the exact passage, but it says, and, and look for it yourself, please. I'm only paraphrasing it. But it talks about, in the word of God, it talks about of how when we take matters in our own hands, that um, the rewards we would get, if we basically, everything that we receive in here, all right, you wanted that house so bad, and you try to do things your own, okay. That's your, that's everything, rewards, all of that you get in here. But that's all you're going to get. So there's some rewards that we're going to get here and there's some rewards we're going to get in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I look forward to that day. My God, I look forward to that day that I get the crown. My God, I look forward. Why? Because I'm obedient to God and God, whatever it is, whatever it is you want me to do, Father, I follow you. I follow you. I trust you with my life. I give you with my life. I give you, Father. Hallelujah. So closing with this. God is requiring for us to be obedient to him. God honors us when we give up worldly desires and possessions to follow him. However, what good is it for us to make sacrifices if we don't follow God's instructions? We have to check our motive and what we do in God's name. Make sure your intent is to please God and not to please man. Examine your heart. In John 14, 15, the NIV, NIV version, it simply says, If you love me, keep my commands. 
So what God is saying, if you love him, if you love him, you'll keep his commands. People are saying, oh, it's easier said than done. That's true. But it doesn't negate the fact that she must do it. And if you love, just like if you love, if you um, are in love with uh, somebody, you know, your significant other or your mom or your friend. You do things. And if they ask you to do it, commandment is not someone. Yes, with God and your commandments. But then it's also commandment is also saying if I ask you to do something, will you do it? And doing it because you love God. He said, if you love me, will you keep keep my commands? That's what God wants from us. For us to be obedient, not always having to receive anything. Be obedient to God and don't alter God's instructions. Don't alter God's instructions. Do not. I encourage you that whatever, no matter what's happening here in this in this earth right now. Don't try to take things in your hands. Matters in your own hands. Trust me, God is working it out to work in your favor. Hold on. Hold on to God's promises. Hold on. Hold on to it. Don't be like Saul. My God, don't be like him. And just when you try to take matters in your own hands, here comes God. Ready to open the door. Here comes God with that job that he said he was going to give you. Here comes God. Healing, ready to heal you. Here comes God doing just what he said he was going to do. So, again, in order to be obedient to God, please have patience, have resilience, and have temperance. I want to pray for you this evening. My prayer, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I pray. For every person that is watching, every person that is listening right now, Father, that you would touch our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Many of us, God, have experienced setbacks, have experienced that, Father God, circumstances, have experienced things that we, that Father God, may not have been ready for. But Holy Spirit, you know what's best for us. You know what our future holds. You know what tomorrow brings. And God, I ask that God, you would strengthen us right now, Father. Strengthen us, Father, to be able to stand. Strengthen us to believe that, Father God. Strengthen us, God, to not throw in the towel, to not give up, Father. Help us, God, to know that, Father God, that you're working it to work. You're working things out, God, to turn it around to work in our favor. Holy Spirit, help us, Father God, to keep on the full armor of God. To not give up to God. So when the enemy tries to come in like a flood. To cause us Father God to doubt you Father. May we come back in the mighty name of Jesus. With the word of God that is branded on our heart. Reminding the enemy of who we serve. Reminding the enemy of God of who we are Father. Holy Spirit. I thank you. I thank you God for being faithful. God I thank you Father God. That right now you're strengthening us God. Right now. You're molding us. You're shaping us, God. Renew our minds. Cause our minds, God, to not be so focused on the things of, of these earthly of these earthly doings, God. But cause us, God, to be focused on you. Be focused on heavenly matters, Father. 
God calls our hearts to God to not be so consumed with the things of this world. But Father God, may we surrender ourselves unto you, giving you complete and utter control over every aspect of our lives. I thank you, Father God. We repent. We repent right now, God, for, for even turning our backs on you, God. We repent, God, for doubting you. We repent, God, for having, um, for being impatient. We forget, we repent, Father, for complaining. We repent, God, for trying to take matters in our own hands. God, we repent and we ask that you forgive us. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us another chance to do it right, to get it right, Father. We thank you, God. We put our trust in you. We look unto you, God. You are our help. You give us everything we need. So, God, we love you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I want to end, make sure that I offer the call of salvation, offer the gift of salvation for those that don't know Christ. And that are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast. And after listening or watching, you say, you know what? I need Christ in my life. I need Jesus in my life. He is the missing component that I've been needing to help me. And if you need Jesus in your life, I ask that you say this prayer with me. Say, Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. And I realize that I need you, Jesus, in my life. I ask you, Jesus, that you will forgive me of my sins. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me whole. Renew my mind. I thank you, Jesus. I believe in my heart. I confess from my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose on the third day so that I can have life and have it abundantly and eternally. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I commit myself to serving you all the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, welcome into the body of Christ. It is the best gift that you ever can receive. Better than silver and gold. Better than Apple products. Better than food. It's better than anything you can ever have. Trust me. And it's free. Welcome into the body of Christ. Welcome. And I also want to extend um, the call for rededication for those that are watching or listening this podcast. And you stray from the way from the things of God and you found yourself turning your back on God because you lacked patience because you felt like the, it was too tough. You felt like you couldn't hold on any longer. But after listening or watching, you say, you know what? I need Jesus and I want to come back to him. I ask that you say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord God, I realize that I turned my back on you and I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me, Father. Forgive me for turning my back on you. I ask that you come back into my life. Wash me. Make me whole. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance. I already believe that you died on the cross of my sins. Thank you. I commit myself and I surrender to your will. I will serve you all the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome back to the body of Christ. God is, loves you. He forgives you. And please make sure you forgive yourself. I love you guys so much. I pray that you were uplifted and encouraged this evening. And so next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Bye.